0: Well, welcome to another episode of the Bonfires of Social Enterprise. This is Rami, and we have Jacob Digolish from Motown Rising today. We also have Luke Trombley on with a fun fuel, and the band Sleepy Wonder with their song Loving You at the End. A talented lineup, to be sure. This episode has a lot to do with building, construction, restoration, and skilled trade. Jacob is going to walk us through a large part of his journey, how he arrived in Detroit from Los Angeles, and how he was inspired to hire men from the neighborhood for transformation of these homes. And it turns out, for some of their lives as well, I guess, we had a chance to visit some of the Airbnbs, and man, you have to come and visit and stay at some of the places whenever you get a chance. First, I'd like to introduce you to a new voice. On this podcast episode, Luke Trombley of Midland, Michigan will be sharing some fun fuels for the next few episodes. What do you have for us today, Luke?
1: Hi, this is Luke Trombley, and I'm bringing you the fun fuel for this episode. While on the topic of construction, the Great Pyramids, while they're one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, are also one of the constructional wonders of the ancient world. The pyramid is estimated to have around 2,300,000 stone blocks that weigh from 2 to 30 tons each, and there are even some blocks that weigh over 50 tons. Also, if we tried to build an exact replica of
0: this pyramid, it would not be possible. We do not have the precise technology that the ancient
1: Egyptians had that was necessary to build this pyramid. I hope you enjoyed this fun feel. Enjoy the episode!
0: Thanks Luke, that's great! We look forward to you fun fuels on the next several episodes. So let's get right to my interview with Jacob. I had the good fortune of interviewing him in person while sitting in one of his great properties. If you have a chance, we put some pictures on, well, I guess in the show notes for this episode, which you can access from our website, thebonfiresofsocialenterprise.com. And if you could just click on that episode or double click, it'll show pictures and show notes. So back to the interview. Let's listen in right now to part of my interview with Jacob.
1: We're in one of the Airbnb properties in Detroit.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about Motown Rising then. Yeah. Uh, what is what is Motown Rising as a social enterprise?
1: So Motown Rising is a uh, is a real estate company. We invest in real estate in Detroit, in one particular area at this point in time. Um, We buy homes, rehab them, and rent them out. So it's a holding company. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the process, we have a nonprofit. And and the social part of that is we hire people of the community, um, teach them skilled trades of their choice so they actually get paid to learn a skilled trade.
0: Yeah which we're going to come back to that. So it's a real estate. Um, and for some people that might not understand holding company, would you say you're, you're buying homes and renovating them or?
1: Yeah. So we buy, we buy homes, renovate them and hold them, All rent right. them out.
0: Yeah. And sometimes for longer term than just a overnight or right. Right.
1: Oh yeah. long term, Uh, we're looking at five to five to 10 years.
0: Yeah. Well, great. So how did you even get started doing something like this?
1: Oh. Um, <laughs> so um originally born and raised in Los Angeles. Um I was uh, a real estate flipper and a developer uh right outside of right when I finished high school. So I had a really a really great mentor out there and um we started flipping homes, uh raising capital from investors and then the market dried up. So it got it got super dry. And Wait, could I restart that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just start over. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so how did um, you
0: get started in this?
1: Um, so, okay, hold on. Yeah, they cut uh,
0: She'll cut she'll anything She'll cut else. it out. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah.
1: Um, so I got started in real estate at 18 years old. Um, as soon as I finished high school. I originally started in Los Angeles as a flipper and a developer. And I got... Uh, kind of tired of having no community impact in in what we were doing out there you know it's very cutthroat the deals are tough um, you're bidding against 20 people sometimes and I just got tired of it so I, I figured why not go to a place where we can actually make a, a difference in the community and our work goes to something bigger than just us yeah and that's how uh, that's how I originally ended up in Detroit
0: and how do you get Detroit specifically
1: well it's funny I was I was doing research on uh, on Detroit at the time and I came across a website where you can buy houses for 500 bucks so I got super stoked on the $500 house and that night I decided you know what I'm gonna just buy 10 houses tonight and I was looking on a map and I was. You know, saying, okay, anything close to water should be good. Anything close to a school should be good. And so we bought 10 houses for 500 bucks. And two weeks later, we got the deeds. And I was like, oh, my God, we actually bought houses. And like, I didn't know, you know, it was a really sketchy website. And we just took the risk. And so we got the deeds. I I told my partner and my mentor at the time, I was like, Look, dude, I just bought ten houses in Detroit. Do you want to, you know, check these out? And he's like, "Sure, let's go." So, we came out to Detroit, fell in love with it, um, saw just how beautiful the city was, the infrastructure that was yeah. here, and you know, it was it was sad to see, you know, the derelict houses, but it was also exciting because you had the opportunity to actually make something yeah. happen. So um, so we, at first we started doing, trying to do it remotely. Um, so we hired a contractor out here when we were in California. It didn't end up going so well. And at that point I decided, you know what, to make this thing really happen, uh, we have to move out, or I have to move to Detroit.
0: Yeah, and how long ago was that?
1: That was about uh, two and a half years ago.
0: Yeah, wow. And how many houses do you have now?
1: So now we have about 40 houses. Okay. And uh the original houses I bought um were not to say the least, were not in the best areas at all. Yeah. And so having been here, I've been able to really pinpoint an area, pinpoint a market and um really create something. Yeah. I was scattered, you know, really scattered before.
0: Yeah. And for the people who are listening locally, you're near Woodward. What's this area called?
1: So this area is called North End New Center area. Yeah.
0: It's a great area. If uh, you're from Detroit or you come to Detroit, this is a high growth area and some really neat homes. Yeah. So so now you have this many house. some are rented out. How did you um, start to recognize that you wanted to hire local Oh, cool. So and teach it, because you teach, too. Yeah. yeah, you teach about construction, right?
1: Right. So it came, um, it really came organically. Um, in this particular area, North End New Center, we were working on a couple homes, and people would be, people of the community were coming to us on a daily basis saying, hey, do you, you know, you do you have any work for us? Do you have anything um, that we can do for the day? And, and so we you know we're in the process of building our crew so we didn't know and when I say we it's it's my my partner slash foreman out here who's who's in the trenches with me but we uh, we decided you know what these got these guys have not seen growth in their neighborhood for however many years um, they're finally starting to see people working on houses and so how can we incorporate them into what we're doing um, cause I think that's, I think that's super important in Detroit is, 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 uh, um, what's the word? Like to integrate. Incorporating yeah. like both communities, the new and the old. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: You made a statement that it's really important that you do integrate the old with the new coming in. There had to be a why in there that, that became yeah, important, okay. like... Or, or was there a trigger event, or it just became obvious after a while?
1: So there was a trigger event where we were working on a house, and this young this young guy walked past, and he was he had his video recorder out, and he was uh, recording us working on the house and saying, "This is gentrification at its finest, you know. This is the best, or this is like this is what ruins neighborhoods and and all that." And I and i thought about it and i was like you know we're we're not trying to gentrify anything but gentrification has a horrible uh connotation to it and it, you know as a developer i could see the developer side as a community member i could see the community member side and i think that was actually the triggering moment where we had to really figure out we don't we don't want that term labeled you know with what we do so and i'm I'm coming into a new neighborhood where I don't know where I don't know anyone, and I have to really understand what what these people have been through, what they've gone, you know what the struggles that they've had, and how can we make it better? Yeah. And so that was actually a, a defining moment,
0: yeah. I feel like there's always those those events or moments that's that are pivotal for us, pivotal for us as entrepreneurs that. If we're paying attention, it mm-hmm. is an opportunity to do something cool, even though it feels, uh, uh, it can feel prickly for a minute. If you, yeah. But if you allow yourself to lean into that, you can come out with some neat stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. So how did you start hiring the first people? Were you, did you just start by making room for them on your team? Because you, you had to probably quickly discover there had to be a, a training element. These weren't people who are already tr- high skilled in yeah. carpentry or plumbing or electrical. So,
1: so the the funniest thing is, anytime we we take on a new hire, we always ask them, okay, what what can you do? And every single one of them, without fail, say, I could do everything. I could build a house from the ground up. I just I, oh. you know, I'm <laughs> and oh. that is often not the case all right. at all. So um, what we do is we say okay you know go home get your boots come to work and we'll we'll put them on certain assignments and we'll kind of gauge where they where they're at um, and most of them don't generally have any skills right um, so we start them as we'll, we'll start everyone in the same position we'll start them as laborers so that's you know demo work clean clean up um and helping other, helping some of our other guys with whatever they need. At that point, we'll see um, if they're taking it seriously. So we have set we have set you know guidelines, which is we work from eight thirty to five every day, or Monday through Friday. Um, we show up on time, say please and thank you, you know, just soft skills like that. Right. When they take uh, when they start taking that seriously then we'll say okay if you could learn any skilled trade in this house right now what would you learn and they'll generally say um i'd like to learn plumbing or electrical or roofing or framing so whatever they choose okay let's say it's electrical you go work with our master electrician uh he's a master at what he does and he's going to guide you and mentor you and teach you how to run wire so the next day you're literally running wire, you are, you know, learning how to set up panels and how to how to do plugs and and set up a room for um, for outlets and where the lights go and, and all that. Um, And the idea behind that is as we grow, and we have more properties, now the mentees have turned into mentors, Mm. and they're now able to mentor the new mentees.
0: Wow, so smart. Yeah.
1: Um, and if that's not the case and, they, uh, and they're and they really good and, and they want to go work on, you know, their own projects, even better. You know, that's that's the goal that we have for them. Yeah. Um, and they, you know, generally take it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they generally go off and do their own projects? No, no, no. They, or, oh.
1: they generally, like, take the opportunity.
0: Yeah, to, yeah.
1: To shine. But they don't... We haven't... Every single guy who's worked for us, uh, at least our main crew, um, which is about thirty-five guys, they've That's all amazing. been with us for since we've been here.
0: That's amazing, and I know you do some other things. Like they actually go on a payroll, so they're paying payroll tax yeah. and FICA and all that.
1: Right. So which- that was a that was a huge obstacle that we had to overcome because a lot of these guys, you know, started out when they started with us, they didn't even have IDs, they didn't have um, any sort of uh, bank account and so we, we wanted to be a legit company
0: yeah
1: and so we said okay look here's the deal we need we need you guys to get on payroll we need you we need to help you s- set up your IDs your bank accounts you know you're gonna be a you're gonna be a, 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 a respectable citizen now yeah <laughs> right?
0: right how did did that surprise you at all uh, about this area? Um, that there's so many that don't bank and all that.
1: Yeah, I was I was pretty surprised at that, but you know it made it kind of made sense when you, if you take a step back and you look at it, it's, these guys, you know, mostly what we do is we try to we try to take the the people that most employers would turn away, and we want to build a superstar team. Mm, we want to build a, gosh, a, awesome. a you know winning team with them. So a lot of these guys have insane records, They've just had, they have just haven't had opportunities like most people have had. So, you know, what, what happens in that situation? Well, you, in order to survive, you do things that you shouldn't do, but you need to survive.
0: That's right, yeah.
1: And, and then you get, eventually you're gonna get caught, these guys get caught, and now they have a record, and now what are they gonna do?
0: Right.
1: They can't do, they can't. Bad cycle. Yeah, it's a horrible cycle, and, and yeah. they can't do anything so that's why they don't have, you know, bank accounts, driver's license, is because they try to stay under the radar. But now that they have employment every single day, and the only thing they need to worry about is what they're going to get finished on that day, rather than how are they going to eat today, um, makes makes a huge difference and makes them feel comfortable and. You know, they don't have to worry about a lot of things that they used to have to worry about.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think people act differently when they're not in survival mode. Right. I mean, their true personality comes out when they're able to be relaxed. Their creativity comes out. They let themselves learn things. You're not feeling all confrontational all the time. Right. It's a different thing. While we're right on that, is there any thing that really surprised you that you're like, "Wow, I'm generally." I generally, uh, well, I say I believe in people. People shock me sometimes at the levels they rise to on their own if given an opportunity.
1: Absolutely. So, um, when I go when I go back into some of the, the first properties we were working on, and and I and I think back, okay, how long did this take us to do, and what is the quality of work? And you know, when we were first starting out, houses were taking us. Uh, three to four months to complete and the work would be C C level C grade. Now and then and then with the same team, just with guidance and with persistence and dedication and work ethic that we've been able to <laughs> instill in these guys, we're getting the same houses done in under thirty days <laughs> with A level quality.
0: Wow, yeah.
1: So wow. It, it just, it, you know, it's, it shows you that it can be done. Yeah. It just, you, you need to put the time and effort into it.
0: Yeah, and patience to help teach people when they repeatedly make mm-hmm. mistakes. You know, my husband's in remodeling, and that's probably, it's like, oh, you know, you got to have a lot of patience to teach those that are just learning.
1: Yeah, and absolutely.
0: Yeah, so let's go on to houses for a second. Okay. The houses, we've been in a couple of them that you've taken us around. They're so... They're beautiful on the inside. It's, let's talk about like some of your modeling about, because you, you have somewhat of a template with colors in that, right? Right.
1: To make so, it a little easier. So in the sense of, um, so back to the business, right? So yeah. We do run a, whole, uh, a rental business. So all these properties are rented. Um, and it's, it's easiest if you have, everything is the same. So you have the same thing down to the thermostats, right? So you have the same thermostats, you have the same plugs and switches, you have the same um, tile and lights. And that's for in case anything goes wrong, you don't need to come back and say, okay, what what color paint is this? How do we, you know, yeah. it cuts down our efficiencies. And that's that's how we're able to, you know, being incredibly efficient is how we're able to survive by, by, uh, this with the social aspect.
0: Yeah, right.
1: So, we try to do. We um, we we'll, 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 we have different templates for different houses, but we try to use you know the same paints, um, same template. You know, essentially the same. Similar.
0: Template, right? They're all similar. Yeah, I mean they're all unique, of course. They're all unique. For them, yeah. like. And then let's talk about like the decorating and that. You're using some local artists, and you've got a cool way to get furniture in there. And-
1: so yeah, so for the Airbnbs, um, we've hi- we've partnered with local Detroit artists, and what they do is they, you know, a lot of artists have um, extra work that they're waiting for their next gallery or their next, you know, showing to sell it. So it essentially sits in a corner, and Detroit has some of the best artists in the world. I mean, amazing artists. So what we do, what we did is we partnered with some artists to house the. Uh, the airbnbs with their art so it's, it's essentially a living art gallery because it changes all the time and we uh with the idea that they sell to the guests that stay yeah. in the houses um the artists get 100 percent of the proceeds if they sell anything we'll right. we'll ship it out for them and and do all that but um incorporating art into community is i think very very important as well
0: yeah, it's beautiful. I love that you've integrated even that. Yeah. And then you pick up some of the furniture. Um...
1: So all the furniture is um, either stuff that we've found in abandoned houses um, or estate sales. So it's all recycled furniture. And yeah. Yeah. that's how we put it together. Do
0: you have a place that you store some of that in between, like, or is it sort of juggling it around? It's a little? all, yeah, it's all okay. juggling. <laughs> I was gonna say that's what most of us are doing, but uh, you just make it work.
1: Yeah, and and the the best part is is, so we'll we'll go buy, you know, we'll go estate sailing at least you know five weeks before we have a new property coming up, and we have no idea how how it's gonna look, but we're just buying pieces that we like and that we think are cool, and then once the house is done and we start moving all the furniture in, that's when we're like, okay, how is how is this going to work out? But somehow we we always make it work.
0: That's so good. So how many properties of those forty some are Airbnbs, and how many are like regular, regular. just home rentals?
1: So uh, we have three Airbnbs, and the rest would be long term uh, long term rentals.
0: Yeah. So what kind of guests use the Airbnb? Are they out of towners, locals? What kind of guest comes to?
1: Oh man, we get we get the whole gamut um we have so right now okay right now we have a guest from um they're they're in town for two weeks and they're uh the cast members of a play at the fisher theater oh wow um we also have guests right now who are social entrepreneurs and are interested in detroit we'll get guests from all you know we just had guests from ireland we get the the young djs from berlin we get just the whole gamut of, of guests.
0: Yeah, it's for those of, um, that may be listening that aren't familiar or haven't attempted to stay in Detroit, one of the problems with accommodations has generally been mostly hotels. Uh, we've got a couple hostels here, but there really isn't anything like there isn't a plethora of um, places like this to stay. So it's an amazing opportunity from a business perspective, isn't yeah. it? So, um, yeah.
1: so what ha- what happens in Detroit is we have hotels in Detroit. They're often very expensive, yeah. And it's uh, downtown is is a very curated experience, and which is fine, um, but we wanted to provide our guests with a real authentic. Detroit experience, but still have it be um, safe and enjoyable. And so that's, so that's why we decided to turn some of the houses into Airbnbs because, you know, Detroit is an ex- extremely awesome place. and
0: Yeah. We think so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's. I'd love to hear your comments from coming from LA when I've gone out to visit LA people find you know we're from the Detroit area and they're like ah oh, you know is it safe there how do you walk around and what I mean what would you say to others that haven't been here about the safety piece now that you've been here um
1: well I live before I moved here I lived downtown LA Oh, okay and I I feel safer in Detroit than I did downtown mm. um I think that it's just a common misconception that Detroit, you know, is this is this big, bad, scary, desolate place. Um, when in reality, you know, there are desolate areas for sure, and there right. are areas that have been impacted. But I see the I see the beauty in, in areas like that. Um, but you know, as I tell anyone, here, LA, New York, don't don't be. Don't be uh, you know have your spidey, have your spidey senses out and
0: yeah be, yeah be a nice
1: person and everything will probably be okay.
0: So do you have any advice for um, either a social entrepreneur or just entrepreneur anything with real estate for our listeners? Um, I know we all love to get inspired and learn from from those who are out in the field doing it.
1: The only thing I could I could say is and it's the real truth is you just got to do it. you know you're gonna you're gonna figure it out. Um, every day is a different day. Every day has different obstacles. You either, you know, uh, you either let them stop you or you jump around, crawl, do whatever you have to do to get over that obstacle, and um, and then you're done with that day. And the next day you'll have more. So okay. just keep on, keep on, keep on going.
0: That's so good. How would they um, find you on the web or reach out to you?
1: Um, You guys can find me at Jacob DeGaliche on Facebook or my website, DetroitNest.org. All
0: right. Thank you so much for this. We want to come back and keep the story going. And uh, so anyway, thanks. Thank you, Jacob, for all the time you gave us to hear your story. In such a short time, Jacob's made such huge progress It's really amazing to me as I reflect at what some hard work and good intentions can do when you put a good group of people together. Well, that's all, I guess, for me. It's time to say goodbye and close you out with a Detroit artist provided by our friends at Assemble Sound in Detroit. Please meet Sleepy Wonder and their song, Loving You. Talk to you next time. We'll